Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. If you're here today, I believe the Lord has this word for you. I don't think it's an accident that you're here. I don't believe that it's just you just decided today that this was the day you'd come. I believe that God has you here for a reason. And know that I cooked something for you, and I hope it tastes good. Revelation 4, chapter 1, there's a prophecy in this verse for everyone that's in this place today. If you're listening online, Revelations 4 and 1, it says, After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, an, was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee a thing. I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Here's the word of prophecy for somebody today, and I, I want you to turn it and I want you to say it to somebody. And now, if, don't say it yet, but I, I'm going to tell you what to say. And if, if they are spiritually minded, they're going to understand the weight of what you just said to them. But if they're natural minded, they'll just trivialize it. But if you're spiritually minded, this is what I believe the Lord is telling the church today. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them my message. And that is a door just opened. A door just opened for you in your life. Tell somebody that. Tell them a door just opened. Amen. Now, if you know that, if you know that's true, would you just give the Lord a quick praise? Maybe you have to put your Bible down. Would you thank the Lord for a door opening for you right now? Amen. You may not even have the faith to believe it right now, but a door just opened in this prayer meeting, a door just opened in this worship service, and you're going to see it when you leave. A door just opened. Lord, bless the hearing of your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. When the Lord wanted me to speak about open doors, I started to analyze the scripture a little bit about places where the word door is open, used. And obviously, I came upon Revelations 3 and verse 8 where it says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. I want to say no man. No man can shut it for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. So I wanted to go through this verse, Revelations 3 and 8 today, if that's okay, and just give you the components here of what John the Baptist received from the Lord when he was on the Isle of Patmos writing the book of Revelation. Everyone say a prison. John was in prison when he got some of the greatest, most liberating word from God that anyone has received on the planet. And I want you to know that being behind a closed door does not mean you don't have liberty in the Holy Ghost. Being behind a situation that you just can't seem to get out around doesn't mean that you can't have freedom in God. Amen? Just because the situation might linger doesn't mean that you don't have liberty in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that John said, 
I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot. You know it because I like to quote it with a golden girdle. He, his hair was white like snow. It goes through and it, it describes Jesus. In other words, one of the greatest depictions of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation was given to him while he was bound up in a situation. Anybody ever had a situation that felt like it was holding you down, but you knew that Jesus was still walking with you. Jesus was still there. Amen. That's a few of you. Thank you. You're honest today. But I want, I want you to know that the Bible tells us in Revelation that there's more than just an open door, as in this scripture, Revelations 3.8, as more than just an opportunity. That's what this word means, door, in Revelation 3.8. It's, it's an opportunity that's opened unto you. And the situation in Revelation that I read to you, 4 and 1, is referring to an open door in heaven. How many are glad that you have resources in heaven from God? How many glad you can call upon the Lord anytime, day or night, and you know that the windows of heaven are open unto you? I'm thankful for a God who hears me when I call on his name. I'm thankful for knowing the name of Jesus Christ, that in that name all power in heaven and earth can be unleashed if I listen to the word of God and say, I want to use his name in authority. I want to use his name in power. I know there's an open door today. I know I've come to preach to you about an open door. So turn to somebody and tell them it's still open. Doesn't matter whether you're bound up in a situation. Doesn't matter whether you're coming out of a hard, of a hard week or you're coming out of a difficult week as, as it was for me. Started with influenza A, ended with a flood in the church. I don't care. I just want to, hey, Pat, can I order another week? I just, I you know, like I want, I want to order a vowel, please. I, I want to, I want to, this, can somebody change the game because I need to start a new week. So I'm glad Sunday is the first day of the week because I believe like the Lord has breathed into my spirit a word to tell somebody that the door that's been closed is now open and you're going to see it as you walk from this place. Even today, I believe it, I speak it in faith that even today as you leave here, you're going to begin to see a change in your life, a turnaround, a, a start over is going to be available and you're going to have to walk through that door of opportunity. He's opened the door in heaven. You need to pull that opportunity into the earth with your faith. You need to reach for things that are not as though they are. And you need to say, God has ordained it. God has set it before me. God has opened a door that no man can shut. And I'm going to take that opportunity and I'm going to work that thing. <laughs> I don't mean that in the negative slang from the... From the, you know, from the hood. I mean that if God has been so gracious to me to give me an opportunity to open a door in front of me, like he said, that no man can shut, that not only can you not shut it, but I can't shut it either. Amen. That God has opened it up and there's no one that can close it. And since the door is open unto me, God must think pretty highly of us to put these kind of opportunities in front of us that no human being can shut. So if you have an opportunity, you you ought to have a praise on your lips. You ought to have a hand lifted in worship saying, God, if you gave me the opportunity, I'm not going to look at my deficiencies. I'm not going to look at the education I have. I'm not going to compare myself to the open door. I'm just going to go through the door that you've opened for me. I'm going to walk through the opportunity that you placed in front of me because God has opened it and your lack cannot shut it. You cannot close the door even if you have insufficiency for the opportunity you see in front of you. 
Even if you feel lack in any way, you feel not enough in any way, God did not open the door and say, I'm going to leave it open because of your capabilities. He opened the door and said, no man can shut it. So if you take opportunity in front of you and apply your faith to it, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Somebody said amen. So the major points here in this scripture would you put up Revelation 3.8? God said, I see your works. Can we do away with this preaching that works does not matter? Because the scripture does say that we have works of righteousness, for we labor together with God. And so we have to understand that works is not applied in salvation process for he finished it on the cross. We do step into works of righteousness for we must act upon and be obedient to the word of God to make application of what he already did. Just because Jesus said it was finished doesn't mean it has been applied to my life. And so we must step into repentance. We must be willing to be baptized in the name of Jesus to remit the bl and blot out the sin that was in our life. And we must be filled or born again or have resurrection power put inside of us through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We know that that is talking about the application of the plan of salvation. We know that. And so that is not just a work that we are doing. That's an obedience to the word of God. And so therefore, we don't just get saved and sit down. There are other doors that are open to us. There are other opportunities. In fact, Paul said we go beyond that message of salvation. That's the foundation. Now build the walls, build the ceiling, build the structure. Go beyond that. Don't leave it behind. Don't say that's no longer valid, but go beyond that to live above it and beyond it. That's what we lay as the foundation. But now we have other doors in the house, amen? We have other opportunities open to us. So we must always keep our hearts open to God that we walk through a door of salvation. But once we get through that door, I don't just take my ticket to heaven and sit down and wait for the plane ride when he calls the trump and we all go home. Brothers and sisters, it ought not be. We ought to be people that is urgent and expectant and willing for God to open new doors and new opportunities and new things. Anybody want God to do a new thing in your life today? I believe he can do a new thing. There is nothing new under the sun, but God is not bound to under the sun. God is a God of creation. He can do a new thing in the earth. He can do a new thing in your life. I know maybe you've never seen a preacher preach and turn red, but this is what happens when you get excited about the word of God. Because the doors I've walked through weren't supposed to be there for me. I was supposed to be a statistic that didn't make it out of the situations I was in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're supposed to die in the hood. You weren't supposed to make it out of that drug addiction. I don't mean to look at you, but I know your situations, some of you. And you were supposed to be a number that didn't make it. They were supposed to write you off as damaged goods. But the problem is they didn't think of the fact that even though there's nothing new in the earth, Jesus could show up as my creator because he's God in a body. He's God in flesh. And now he is the door. He is the way out. He is the truth. And if he's the door and he's in me, guess what? I just became an unexpected doorway. 
because the door lives inside of me. So when I step into a situation that looks absolutely hopeless and they don't even know who Jesus is, somebody help me preach today that I am now carrying that Jesus Christ, that way, that truth, and that life into that situation. And while you might think that nothing can happen because of your credentials and because you don't have all that you need, I don't need to have everything I need. He's proven to me that I can be an unexpected door for the Holy Ghost to move. I can say a word that I don't even know I'm saying, and God can move on a heart. I've walked out of this pulpit, and I've laid hands on somebody and prayed for them before, and I didn't even know what I was praying. Lord, would you touch the pain between their between their in their middle of their back and I didn't even know they'd already been through surgeries between their scapulas. I didn't even know they had been in surgery and had pain and the pain was gone and they were released and healed and that's not because I did anything other than say if God wants to use somebody here I am. If God wants to make a difference here I am. I made myself available to be the door and so the works you have done he said I see the works you've done. I've seen the effort you've put in. I've seen the desires of your heart. And so because you have done things, because you have been efforting, I want you to know I see that. And I'm going to open a door for you. One of the criteria is you can't just sit. You have to do. Some of you are natural doers. I get it. You can't sit still for a second. Some of you have go as a middle name. I understand that. And if, if 5 a.m. hits and you're not moving, you don't know what happened. They must be sick. Go check on them. Did they get out of bed? Because they're normally up and gone by 5 a.m. You know people like that. They just, yeah, I, I'm one of them. My, I drive my wife half crazy because I'm always wanting to do, to do something. Because my Bible doesn't say, well done, thou good and faithful sitting servant. The Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In other words, he says you have to do something. And so I want to be a good servant. I want to do something, serve someplace. And then he says, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. No man can shut it. And then he says, you have little strength. Anybody want to be honest here that you may have come to church with a little bit of strength today? Maybe you're not that person today, but maybe you came with a little bit of strength. Maybe, and I'm not talking about just mental fatigue that a nap will fix. I'm talking about mental fatigue because you're giving out all the time. You're constantly giving and flowing out of yourself and you're trying to stay as best as you can as re in replenishing yourself. But sometimes you run on empty. I'm talking to people right now that may have little strength. That helps me to know that God said that because sometimes I may walk to a pulpit with little strength. I may walk to a situation with little strength. I might have to work all day because I'm bivocational and then go to a hospital in the evening but I know if I show up the door is coming with me if I show up Jesus is showing up with me when you feel like you are running out of effort look for God's open door in your life when you feel like giving up look for God's open door in your life because he is the way the truth and the life that's why we believe that Jesus is the only way of salvation because he said he was that. In other words, the door is not an item. The door is a person. Amen? How many know Jesus is the door? It's in the bottom of my sermon, but Google the reference. It says that. He said, I am the door. Your door opportunity is also tied to your obedience in the word of God. Everyone say obedience. 
Reese hit this. The Bible actually says in Malachi 3.10 something very interesting about tithes and offerings, and I don't preach about tithes and offerings. But if you guys would help me with that scripture, watch this. Did you know that God can actually take care of every single situation in your life with one blessing? He's so powerful, and he's so awesome. You don't need blessings, plural. You only need one blessing from God to change everything. Watch this. Would you help me with that scripture, media team, Malachi 3.10? For I'm the Lord, and I change not. Yeah, we're going to start a little bit early because I want you to get the context. For I'm the Lord, and I change not. Everyone said he doesn't change. That means what he liked in the Old Testament, he still likes. Amen? Oh, man, I better not get off on that. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Go to the next verse, please. Okay. Yeah. Is it over here? That's interesting. That has never happened before in the entire, the entire time that I've preached here. But let's start. Anybody know even? What's that say? Can anybody? Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. Everyone say return. And I will return unto you. Aren't you glad he will? Saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Go to the next verse. Will a man rob God? Yeah, ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein, wherein have we, or where did we rob you is basically what he's saying. Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Now go on to the next verse. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Speaking to the children of Israel for not giving their offerings to the Lord. And that there may be meat in my in mine house, and prove me now herewith. In other words, he said, if you will give to me what is mine, I, you will be allowed to prove me in it, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open, what's that say? Open? Here we go. Here's a door right here. Everyone say a door. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be, everyone say a blessing. I really apologize for that. That was totally unexpected. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. In other words, God is willing. If we do some returning, and if we do some things that he has asked us to do, he will open specific doors. This is a door of financial blessing that is talking about here. And he's saying that with one blessing, there shall be room enough, not enough room to receive it. In other words, that God will open a door. When we give him what's his, he'll take what's left, and he'll be able to bless it so much so that we do not have the capacity to contain it. In other words, our capacity is not held back by the Lord. In other words, he wants us to notice that if we are obedient to him, his blessings are bigger than our capacity. The simple fact that we obey his word is the only thing that triggers the open door. Not our ability to receive it, but the ability to obey it. That's what he's saying. He said, if you'll obey my word, I will pour out a blessing so big that you'll not have room enough to receive it. Anybody want a blessing? Just one blessing like that? I know you're blessed, but would you like one blessing so big that you simply cannot contain it? I think it's all right to walk through an open door like that. Another door that's affected by the name that you kept. The Bible says that, he said, I've set before you an open door because you've done some things. 
And number one, one of the most important things that you've done to cause this opportunity to be in front of you is that you have not denied the name. You've kept the name. Not always did I get this right, amen? Not always did I live a life that's absolutely perfect, but I'm telling you one thing I was taught by my mom. Regardless of what you do and don't have, make sure that you keep the name of Jesus in your life. Make sure that you keep the name of Jesus on your lips. So even though there's undeniable truth that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it, and they are saved. I went around when I was early preaching. I mean early preaching, like 20, 21, 23. I think it's about 23 years ago. My math could be fuzzy, but I do have a 20-year anniversary plaque in the office. So I know it's been 20 years. Let's go there. It's been 20 years. Let's go back to the earliest common denominator. I went around and I got my Bible signed, the one that I'm having, I'm preaching from to you right now. And the people that signed it were names that meant something to me. One is obviously Sarah's dad. He said, Build Life Spring Church. And he signed his name. James Lumpkin, out of, he was the district superintendent of Louisiana. He said, he just said, God bless you, but he was old. So <laughs> that's what he could get in there, I guess. In a urchin sign, the Lord is a strong tower. I want you to get the theme of what I'm saying right now. Listen to what they're saying. The Lord is a strong tower. In a urchin, General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church. The Lord is my strength forever. My grandfather, Joseph Clifton Beam, started three churches. One my, that my uh, brother was in for a little while in Alaska and that I grew up in. And then here's one from Bill Davis. He said, be blessed always, Jodan, for the Lord is a strong tower. And then another one, he said, I can't even read Brother Mooney's writing. Have you ever seen Brother Mooney's writing? He's from Indianapolis, Indiana. He said, may God bless you always. Call on the name of Jesus. Keep the faith. Amen. Yours, Brother Mooney. In other words, a lot of the theme that I found from men who was older in the faith when I started asking them about how do I be a good pastor? How do I be a, a good leader? I want to be a good leader. They said, just know that the Lord is your strong tower. You're not good enough to make it on your own. You've got to run and hide yourself in Jesus Christ. You have to be able to give your life over to God so that you know that it's not your gifts and your talents that get you there. It's not your, your pride that gets built up like, look how good I am, but it's literally living your life as the Lord has guided you and as the Lord has opened doors. How many know that when God opens a door, he has to shut a lot of other doors for, you to, for him to get your attention? How many know that whenever God opens a door, he's not just opening one, he's shutting a lot of other doors so that you know to walk through that one door? I'm thankful that God opened many doors in my life, and some of them I may not have even realized that I walked through, but I'm grateful that I walked through the door of marrying Sarah Calhoun. I'm glad I did that, amen? Some of you are glad you married your wife, amen? Or some of you are glad your, your marriage is on its way. Some of you are still single. And you're like, Lord, bring me my door. <laughs> Jesus, help me. I need my opportunity to show up right here and be fine. Okay, maybe not. Holy Ghost, come on back. You need to walk through the door of service. Sometimes the Lord opens doors that you're not expecting. How many know God can open an unexpected door? In John 21, 1 through 17, I want you to see this story because it's absolutely ridiculous. After these things, Jesus showed himself. I'm going to read off my iPad. Oh, it's okay now. The devil got out of the media. Amen. <laughs> they, always, they always put the devil in the sound booth. That's always where they put the devil. 
After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on his and on this wise he showed himself. He showed himself there were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel uh, of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. These disciples they believe were Mark and Luke, or Matthew and Luke is what they think they were. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. Look at Simon Peter. He's such a strong leader who came from the fishing industry. So he knows how to fish. Sometimes when God sets a door in front of you and you're afraid to go through it, you'll go back to what you knew because that's where you're successful. And so the danger is whenever you pray for an opportunity, God will put the door in front of you. But when you open the door and see what it's going to take from you, you're scared to walk through it. And so you'll try to pull from the other side of the door something into what you already have. And where you've been living is not fit for the opportunity God wants to take you to. Your faith has to grow. Yourself, your maturity has to grow. You can't just spout off and get all angry. You can't just rage all the time. You may have done that and moved jobs a few times because you could. But now God's going to put you in an opportunity where he's going to place you and you have to grow so much that you stay there longer than others stayed. In fact, the opportunity that he's going to, I believe this so much, that God has set before you an open door so much so that you cannot shut it. In other words, when you step into it, you will be able to last and stay and grow and build and do more in that opportunity than others that were better qualified that stepped through that same opportunity. But because God is on your life, and he's opened a door that no, see, I'm, I'm preaching now. Open a door that no man can shut. Even when you have inadequacies, he's going to walk you through it. So the thing is, you cannot walk through the door, take a hold of the opportunity, and then run back to where you used to be. You're going to have to expand your capacity, expand your reading of the word of God, expand your prayer life, expand your walk with God, expand your lifestyle holiness, expand what you do to live for God and to walk with God. Because we're where you're going is weightier than where you've been. In fact, the Bible says that there's a greater weight of glory that can set down on your life. And if you don't have a foundation to, to lift up that weight, that you will be crushed under it. So God will not give you an opportunity. In other words, your blessing is held up until you're ready to walk through the door of opportunity. Because this is what's happening here. Peter, look at Peter. He's such a strong leader that he says, I go fishing. Matthew is a tax collector. Look at the next verse. When the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore and the disciples knew not. Okay, so go back to the other verse. It says, I go fishing. They said to him, we also go with thee. Matthew is a tax collector. Where's Matthew going to learn how to fish? Peter is such a strong leader that even when he denies Christ, God goes after him because he knows his leadership is going to cause a Pentecost Day sermon. So he goes after him. He goes, I'm going to go back to what I know because we don't want to fail. Do you want to fail? You want to do something and fail at it? Jesus has died. He's, everything in Jerusalem is a mess. Everything they were living for, overthrowing the Roman government with this new savior is now completely destroyed. And so what's Peter going to do? I go fishing. But he's such a strong leader that he's going to walk back through that door that he was living in before. And others that are not supposed to go there are going to go with him. Can I tell you something that may you, you may not understand? I don't have a TV in my home. 
This is going to get weird for just a second, but you're going to be okay. This is not, this is my personal conviction, okay? This is not a lifestyle conviction that you have to take on. This is my personal conviction. I don't have a TV in my home. Does that mean I don't have internet? No. I have a lot of other things that you can access all that stuff with, okay? But I don't have a TV in my home. And the reason why, not because I don't have a conviction against TV, but she does. All of her life, she's like, I don't want a TV in our home. I don't want our kids just feasting on that stuff, just having it come in their mind and changing their philosophies and their worldview because it does change your worldview. What you think changes your worldview and affects your faith. And so she said, I don't want that. So all these years, we've never had a TV in our home. And I began to pray about it because I was a little bit irritated because I wanted to go home from church and watch the Super Bowl. Oh, now I can preach. I wanted to go watch some sports. I wanted to get done with work on a long day, get my dinner, go downstairs and watch a little bit of Bucks basketball. So I started praying about it. Lord, why should I keep this conviction when it's not my conviction, it's hers? And he said, because the problem is not if you walk through the door. The problem is your children will walk through that door with you because you're a strong enough leader to take them with you. And that's what Peter's doing right here. You have to be careful if you're a strong leader. I know there's some strong leaders. I, I don't mean to point you out, but I know there's some strong leaders in this room. You have to be careful the doors you walk through. You have to pray about the door because when you walk through it, somebody might walk through it with you. That's free. That's absolutely free. That wasn't even in my sermon. I hope that's okay. If you think I'm crazy, come pray for me. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they went fishing. You got Luke, who's a physician. Casting a net. He's a medical professional and he's fishing. Why? Because Peter was successful. He had multiple boats. He had a great fishing uh, enterprise before Jesus told him, come, I'll make you fishers of men. So Peter's going to go back to when he's successful. They're like, he's successful. I'll go with him. And so they go with him. Then they went forth and entered into the ship immediately and they, they caught. Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. A professional fisherman who's been walking with Jesus three and a half plus years or so, three years, goes back to what he used to do that was successful and cannot be successful. When you do something that has been successful for quite a while, if you're in business, hear me, if you're working in business and you do things that, are, that have always been profitable, but then they suddenly will not work at all, you need to turn your face to the wall and begin to pray. God bless you guys. Sorry if I'm going long. Love you. I don't, I, don't I don't mean to be personal here, but I really want you to understand the success stories of some people in this room. And that is that whenever God changes something, you have to recognize it and notice it. You have to. And so what happens is Peter, who is supposed to be catching fish, is catching nothing. The, the success that was supposed to work is not working. Peter's like, try again. And it says all night that they fished the night. Because if you do it for a couple hours, you think it's just a bad day. <laughs> uh, just not working today. I need to find a new fishing hole. I love to fish. But apparently what's happening here is God is holding up their success. Because if you go into the next verse, look, I'll run through this really quickly. And then we'll move on. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, and they didn't know it was Jesus. They thought it was a stranger. Everyone say, a stranger. Jesus stood on the shore, and they thought it was a stranger. And he's calling from the shore, a carpenter. 
telling fishermen how to fish. Could you go back to that verse I was just at? Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then they go on to the next verse. Then Jesus says unto them, have ye any fish? Have ye any meat? And they answered him, no. And watch what he says. And he said unto them, cast your net on the right side of the ship. This wasn't a cruise line, brothers and sisters. They're not pulling up nets and moving 100 yards to drop nets on the other side. They're in a fishing boat, <laughs> which means you don't need a new boat whenever God's going to give you a blessing. Everything that you're in right now will work if God releases the blessing. God is holding all the fish on one side of the boat. He's held up their blessing until they're ready to receive it. But there, there has to be obedience. Do you think that Peter had a moment where he's like, why don't you keep to the carpentry? I'll keep to the fishing. Do you think there was a moment like that for Peter? Like, okay, it's a boat, maybe this wide. You're going to take the nets and you're going to pull them out of the left side. And you're going to go over the right side and you're going to toss them over here and all the fish are on this side of the boat? That makes absolutely no sense, correct? Would you help me with that logic? Makes no sense at all. But that means that God can keep all your blessings bound up until you have the release from his word. Amen? And when he releases it, there is not enough net for you to pull in the blessing that God has for you. Your network is not big enough. <laughs> your, help, your help has to come from somebody else. You're going to have to call the people that are in the Sea of Tiberias around you, all your friends, and say, bring your boats over because the thing that I'm about to be blessed with is so big, it's going to bless you. In other words, I can receive a blessing that is so mammoth and so huge that it blesses somebody else's life. And so that's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about the door that God opens, the opportunity that he opens. And when he opens it, if you're obedient and you walk through it, you will receive something that's going to bless you and bless everything around you. So they cast their four, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes Everyone say fishes. It's the only place where grammar is wrong in the scripture. They allow you to use fishes. How many want some fishes? <laughs> Jesus allows you to have fishes. I digress because of my humor. Go to the next verse. Therefore, the disciples whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. It's funny how everybody knows it's, a, it's the Lord when miracles start happening. Amen. It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard it, heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat. That man had worked so hard, it came out of his coat. He girt himself up, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. Most theologians say they were about 100 yards out. Go to the next verse. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were 200 cubits, that's 100, you could do the math, dragging the net with fishes. They couldn't even put it in their boat. It was so full. They literally had to drag it into shore. Next verse. And as soon as they, as soon then as they were came, come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus had made them breakfast. 
Amen. Jesus believes in breakfast. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Jesus believes in breakfast. He'll not only help you if you are obedient to his word to get the blessing that you need and that blesses others, but he'll help you prepare it. <laughs> That's not even in my notes, but that is what I wanted to say is an unexpected door. I want to say an unexpected door is whenever he was doing what he knew to do, Simon Peter, Jesus came to him and said, Simon, you can't go back to what you knew because I'm the reason why you're going to be successful now. My word is what makes you successful. And so the obedience to the word of God, and then he's talking to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? He's heralding back to the denial that he had of Peter where he denied him three times. And he said, do you love me? agape and he said yes of course I follow you of course I love you God isn't it interesting how you can make a mistake but still love God don't ever judge somebody that makes a mistake like they don't love God they can love God with all their heart and still have a bad day and make a mistake the only way to recover them though is what Jesus says right here he says feed my sheep the way that you recover from the mistakes or the falling down or the things that you, that you have that become a problem in your life is if you serve others. That is the goal that he was trying to get him to understand is that you have to serve others. So many unexpected doors in scriptures that I can't even hit and we're going to talk more about them next week but I want you to know that there are times when we have to be the unexpected door for somebody. We're dealing with some situations on a regular basis that I don't even know how to handle. I just start digging in the word of God because if I can find an answer in here, I know the blessing will be released. Amen. Would you stand with me today? God specifies that we can be an unexpected door. In fact, God specializes in unexpected doors. Did you know that Abraham was a liar? Did you know that? Moses was a murderer and David an adulterer and Peter the denier. We just talked about him. Saul was a killer, but God used them to do his work. I want to unleash an open door in somebody's life right now. And I want you to leave here with that in your lips and in your mind that regardless of what happens, God has set an opportunity, and I speak that opportunity into being by the power of God's Spirit right now. If you want to receive it, see, here's the thing. I can only tell you about the door, but I can't receive it for you. You've got to receive it yourself. And so while the Spirit of God moves in this moment, I'm asking the Lord God to confirm His Word with signs and wonders. So would you lift your hand toward heaven and would you be the one that says, I take responsibility for receiving my open door, my opportunity. Would you, would you make yourself available to that opportunity? Would you, would you take every bit of faith you have and would you apply it that the door is going to show you the way? The door is going to open to you an opportunity that you've never seen before. But you don't have to get out of the boat to take it. You just have to receive it. You just have to be obedient to God. And that God's going to put a greater weight of glory in your life right now. Would you receive it in Jesus' name? I declare it over these people that a door is open. Devil, you cannot shut it. Feelings of inadequacy cannot shut it. Low self-esteem cannot shut it. God's opened a door that no man can shut. 
and we're going to see the greatness of God displayed through our obedience to God. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Would you just put that on your lips? I receive my open door. Would you just pray that prayer? I receive my open door today in Jesus' name. And now the way that you can step into this opportunity is to commit to God that if he opened the door before you and you go through it, that you, you may be an open door for somebody else. And so I want us to commit today that we will walk through doors that God wants us to walk through and be careful who's following us. And we will walk through doors. And when we walk through them, we will open an opportunity for others that God didn't just make this opportunity for us, but just like those fishermen filled their boats off of Peter's obedience, I want to have us understand that the blessing that God is pouring out on each one of us today is going to open a door for somebody else. So you must walk through that door because somebody needs the blessing that you're carrying in your life from God. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Would you receive that? Would you commit to God that when you receive this blessing, you're going to be an open door for somebody else? Would you do that right now? God, open me to someone else. Let me be a conduit. Let me be the one who gives an offering. Let me be, be the one who gives an open door. Let me be the one who gives a word of, of encouragement to somebody that maybe they are in the same place I used to be, but I walked out of that situation. You made a door of escape for me, and I'm asking right now, that you help us to be accountable to every opportunity you give us that we would be an unexpected door for somebody else and if you receive both those things would you say amen amen God has set before you an open door let's sing a song together and you may go if you need to but let's find a place to pray the altar's open I need you if you would today to take hold of this opportunity I know I want to Lord give us our open door Give us our open door. Be that opportunity in us. Be that open door in us so we can take it to others in Jesus' name. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, put Jesus at the center. Jesus enter of it all. I bet you have a praise for him. I bet you have a voice to lift up for him. I really believe somebody in here has already believed that door's open and you want to praise him for it. You want to step to this altar and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive my opportunity. I receive it. I may not even see it yet, but I'm going to speak to it as if it were. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody in here celebrating right now a closed door. Somebody's willing to thank you for a no, Jesus, because you're opening a different door. Somebody's willing to thank you and praise you, God, for a moment they didn't understand, but you always had their best in mind. I thank you for the yes and the opportunity, but I also learned how to thank you for the no. Because there's a new door open. And I want to be focused on what you want me focused on, God. I remove every distraction from my life. 
Release every person in this room to see new light and revelation in their dark places. Let God release everyone in this room from any chains that hold their hands, any bars that hold their hearts, any past failure where you had faith to believe and it didn't work. God's opened a new door. He's doing a new work. I ask for faith to be released right now in Jesus' name. I declared in the name of the Lord that God has done something new. It shall be different and not like it was. It shall be different in the name of Jesus. Jesus.